confirmation that your patients with high-risk carotid disease can be referred for stenting has been given at the ACC meeting in New Orleans. Findings from the EXACT study, which looks at outcomes of carotid stenting in the real world, show favorable trends. These compare well with the pivotal trial results which led to US approval of this technique in 2004. I asked William Gray how much of an improvement in death, stroke and MI they've been achieving. Compared to the pivotal trials in carotid stenting, the ARCHER trial and the security trial, which are the ones we're going to compare to here, um, we've actually been seeing uh, at least 2 or 3% reduction in overall complication rates in the, in the real world setting uh, in the first CAPTURE trial and then this, the uh, EXACT trial. So uh, we've seen a pleasing reduction in stroke rates. Some of it has to do with patient selection and uh, criterion for entry. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, operator experience in the real world setting. We're starting to see more and more operators getting more and more experience. You've been looking at high risk patients. Please define your patients uh, group to me. Um, the definition of a high surgical risk patient really falls into two broad categories. Um, medical comorbidities and surgical unfavorable anatomy. The medical comorbidities include unstable angina, three vessel coronary disease, ischemia, bad COPD, renal failure, diabetics out of control, hypertensives, and so on and so forth. Um, the surgical anatomy uh, cohort are uh, numerous, and they include high bifurcations, prior endotorectomy, prior radical neck dissection, tracheostomy, contralateral laryngeal palsy, um, uh, ra radiation therapy, um, bull necks, inability to move the neck. These are all surgical hostile necks, if you will, contralateral occlusion, um, so these are all high-risk surgical patients that because of their surgical outcomes, either infection or nerve palsies and so on, they have less well outcomes. Is it because they were high-risk that they were candidates for carotid stenting? In the 50 or so years that surgery has been around, those, those patients at high risk for surgery have never been randomized in a trial versus medical therapy. So we don't really know what the efficacy of surgery in those high surgical risk patients is. And as a result, uh, although they were being operated on, we really didn't have a lot of good randomized data to suggest that that was necessarily the right thing to do. Since endotorectomy involves an operation, an anesthesia, and so on, and stenting does not, it's a 10 or 15 minute procedure without anesthesia, patients go home same or next day, uh, we thought that we could compare favorably, at least in the surgical high-risk population, understanding that the surgical low-risk population um, actually does quite well. It's a very elegant operation, and the patients do typically quite well in good hands. Now, octogenarian status comes into this. Can you explain what was happening here? Because it, it sometimes made a difference and other times didn't. Yeah, in the vast majority of the, of the data sets we've looked at that are large enough to segregate by age, it appears that octogenarians do less well with carotid stenting than the under 80-year-olds. Now, that doesn't mean they do less well than surgery. We haven't really looked at that. Or less well than medical therapy. We haven't looked at that either. But compared to the surgery, the stent arm under 80, the over 80 arm appears to do worse. Um, in this, ca in CAPTURE 2, we didn't see that differential, but the numbers are still fairly small. We have about 600 patients, so we'll have to wait till we have a little more numbers there to make any definitive statements. The reason octogenarians do less well is not clear. It likely has to do with some anatomic substrates, that is the patients have more calcified lesions, more tortuous vessels, more difficult arch anatomy for access. But they also may not tolerate brain insult as well, and to the extent that there may be small uh, events that might be either go unnoticed or be minor events in the younger patients, in older patients they may be much more florid events. And so we're really not clear as to why uh, octogenarians do less well, but the data so far suggests that that's, that, that is an issue. 
Could you summarize then what you've got from this study of 1,500 patients in the real world with carotid stenting? The exact trial with 1,500 patients examined a high-risk population of patients post-market approval uh, with a rollout into the real world out of the clinical trial sites. And basically what we saw was that there was a quite pleasing um, comparison between this trial results and the security trial, which was the, the pivotal trial, so that we were able to transfer this technology successfully. There were no unanticipated device events, that is, the device didn't break in ways that we couldn't otherwise anticipate, so we didn't see any of that. And that it appears that there's a pleasing reduction over time compared to the previous post-market surveillance, the older vintage post-market surveillance trials in overall stroke and death rates um, uh, in these newer, more contemporary trials. So if your patient is high risk, there is a strong case for using the stent? There is a strong case in, in, in uh, most patients with high-risk surgical substrate in select, in, with good operator selection. Absolutely, stenting appears to be at least as good or better than surgery in that population. And in the case of octogenarians? Um, a well-selected octogenarian done by a good operator, I think, can get a good outcome. Uh, we have to look at that a little more carefully and, so, and see if we can tease out any differences between operator experience and octogenarian outcomes. We don't have those data yet, but I, th I suspect that we'll probably find that's true. William Gray, who delivered results from the exact study here at the American College of Cardiology meeting in New Orleans. For the Audio Journal of Cardiovascular Medicine, I'm Peter Goodwin.